This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and your one-stop shop for optimizing all your office technology. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Is it caught? Is it caught? Oh my goodness, it's caught! DeAndre Hopkins caught it! He caught it for a touchdown! You've got to be joking me! Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Touchdown, Kyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The latest news and notes from the guys who cover the team. Drilled by Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Bring it on, bring it on. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. I ain't scared of nobody. Here's Paul Calvisi. Remember how we started last week, gentlemen? When people say, hey, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> they don't really mean it. They don't want it, a real true-to-life detailed answer. They just want you to nod and say great and keep going, especially at 6-0. and There's no such thing as a champagne problem even. All right, Larry Fitzgerald, if you're listening right now, go ahead, text me <laughs> if you missed the champagne problems from the media because we'll certainly give them to you. But you have – see, that's my new go-to right now. At 6-0, and Paul Calvisi here joined by Darren Urban, Felipe Corral, Jr. When people ask, hey, how's it going? Three words, no legitimate complaints. <laughs> the operative word there is legitimate. At 6-0, and you're 6-0 and in coin tosses. There are no legitimate complaints, although – moments ago I got real close when I noticed Darren Urban has some sort of custom designer sock and then because it can always get worse it just did because then Felipe Corral Jr. just weighed in and showed me his custom socks but see he's got real custom socks those are really his dog these are just off the rack with my okay. top hi- top hat and pipe on them those are like Dr. Seuss socks the top hat and they, you know, they, the only thing missing there is the cat and the hat well, and then I mean, what do you have? You have a dog. So my dog, I have a Labrador. That's what uh, I'm saying. It's actually his dog. My dog. On, Something my dog Orlando on would put together, quite frankly. Something I've been saying for more than 20 years. Okay, uh, that if you want to make the, a million dollars, the quickest way to a million is off the backs and the wallets of pet owners. Is that not further verified by the fact that Felipe has custom socks okay. of his Labrador? I got to say, time out here, Paul. You've been saying for 20 years you can make a million dollars by doing this, and you're sitting here with us? Well, every every idea. I'm fairly certain you're not making a million dollars. No, right I'm now. saying if you could, if I'd actually get off my rear end and <laughs> think of something innovative to fleece pet owners, then I would that's, make a million dollars by the end of next week when people are selling pet owners custom socks with the likeness of their pet on the does, sock. Does, does this mean you're not a pet owner? Oh, my God. I, I have been in the past. I'm not currently. That, no. And I am I'm in the same. Paul, what would you put on your socks if you had some customized <laughs> socks? That's what I want to know. Great car. It would be a car, wouldn't it? Yeah, 67 Shelby. Yeah, I, I sure. saw, saw that coming. Sure, you know, 427, King of the Road. Didn't you know? Wolf say you had like six cars in the no. garage? No, I, like I wish. I wish I had the garage space. You know, if I had a compound like Wolf, I would certainly have six cars. <laughs> but I don't have the space that, that Wolf has That's over fair. there. You know, I mean, uh, first of all, I can't even get behind the, the gated community that is Silverleaf where <laughs> Wolf Lee lives. So I can't, you know. Good luck with that. So. You know, I, I got to say, guys, that it's uh, – we can say – you talk about legitimate gripes and, like – There for, are none, but for, go ahead. For all, for all the bad things that COVID has brought us, I mean, we're, like, literally now – we have a couple walls and some 
some soundproof uh, glass between us. Yep. But we're literally just, what, 15 feet away from an actual NFL meeting going on right now on the other side of the door outside. There's a position group meeting. Yeah. You have a better angle, Felipe. They actually have a well, digital board out, outdoors right now, and they're, ha- they're holding a meeting outdoors. Outdoors and I, I don't really want to disclose anything. No, we're not disclosing see. anything. <laughs> but but it is kind of cool, though, meeting, like because you know? of COVID, they, they're outside and like having a positional meeting. And that's Can, let's hopefully hopefully that means they're staying safe because do a head count. Who's out there and who isn't? That's well, what you I'll, need to honest, do. Honestly, all I saw when I came in here through the sliver of the glass that I could see was a pair of legs. And they were definitely football player legs, but other than that, I couldn't really. Were tell they you. the legs of Zach Ertz, perhaps? Maybe. Okay. See what I don't like about that is it gives me a lot of 2020 vibes. Because remember last year when we were in full, basically intense. That pro- does. Yeah, because the, like- the fact the head coach missed this past game with COVID didn't give you enough <laughs> well, of those. Add it to oh, the list, Aaron. Just yet in another. <laughs> it's another example, right, Felipe? Hey, Come on. Exactly, but it just gives me 2020 vibes. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't necessarily want to see your players outside. Uh, due to the weather's nice. and all that. I know weather, but yeah, not, that's true. You know, I'll give you that. Do you think Baker Mayfield has the right to complain? I'm just, gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna throw this out there because you know we like to say it can always get worse. If you saw Good Morning Football this morning on NFL Network, I mean, you're Baker Mayfield. You just lost to your former college teammate again. again. Yeah. You got sacked five times. You turned the ball over three times. You got shut out in the second half. You got sacked by J.J. Watt, and then your shoulder popped out. You're writhing in pain on the wet grass, right? Uh, By the way, you have to play Thursday night. Whether you are going to play or not, we'll see. But now you have the post-game presser because you're the starting franchise quarterback. You have to answer the questions. And so you have your arm in a sling, and you have a white T-shirt on, and because ostensibly you want to cover up the sling from the cameras, you throw on a sport coat, and you get out there. Do you see his look? Yes, it, it was disheveled at best, and it was definitely one of guy of, of a guy that I know I've got to be here, but I really don't right. want to be here. Right, which you could read on his face as well <laughs> as as the outfit. But then on the NFL Network, and I love the show. I really do. I love the energy. I love the passion. Is this Good Morning Football. Yes, yes, they take their football seriously without taking themselves too seriously. It's everything I aspire to be. Exactly. Yet they're debating. His post-game attire with a graphic right across the bottom that says, Baker's post-game attire, are we in or are we out? Isn't that going a little too far at that point? Don't you think he has a lot bigger problems to worry about than what he's wearing to the post-game presser at that moment? Well, wasn't his first response when somebody asked how he felt that I feel like Starts with an S, and we yeah. won't say it. Yes, on. yes, it was a four-letter word, and then later he took a shot at the NFL. He worked in a shot at the NFL for a 17-game season that he's going to have to play. <laughs> I mean, I missed that part. Once again, that that's a, that is a champagne problem at this point, Baker. That, so that's why that's why I don't necessarily feel bad for him because now you're taking shots at the league, and now you have your own segment that has nothing to do with football on one of the top shows of NFL Network and. Even at, at a national level, when you hear people talk about the Cardinals, they always bring in like, oh, well, Baker Mayfield was injured and they didn't have oh, this and they point. didn't have this. And at some point, I stopped feeling bad for him. <laughs> that's fair. You sound like J.J. Watt on the sidelines. Oh, yeah. When the NFL Films microphones caught him. And, and what was he saying on the sidelines? He, he was. Didn't he say something along the lines of, like, they find every reason not to give us credit? Yeah. You know, this this player's injured or this team's not complete, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. How about we're just better? We're just better. Than the other team, right? And and that's that's fair, which 
I'm always it's always uh, incredible how NFL films gets. I mean, I, I feel like there's times when we have some good mic'd up stuff that we we aren't we don't get to use, and then NFL <laughs> films gets to put yeah. some of that stuff out there. But uh, you know what? And I we've talked about this before. I who gives a flying fig about power rankings? I really really don't. No, let her rip, let her rip. But you know what? This might be the only well, legitimate complaint right and, now. And it's I, six and but up. But see, I don't even care about the power rankings itself. It's just this idea that this team hasn't shown enough yet. I'm like, exactly what what do you got to show? I mean, I don't I don't know what else there would be. I'm not denying that the Browns game was potentially a little bit easier because of who the Browns were missing, but. God knows that it could have been easier for the Cardinals had they had all their people and and they still found a way. So I don't know. I, I, I will say this. I was on a roller coaster last week in terms of my, how I thought that game was going to go. And the way they played and the way they performed without Cliff Kingsbury and the way that defense was, even with the Hail Mary mixed in, I mean, I, I I am I am somebody who's a hundred percent in on this team right now, and and we'll see what happens with other injuries. And certain guys have to stay okay. It's funny I asked after the game about were you guys ever kind of, you know, mentally shaken because of the people getting lost. And Kyler's like, it's funny. He goes, I was talking to the quarterbacks and Cam Turner on Friday saying it would suck if one of us got COVID, and then Cliff and Cam got it. And I'm thinking to myself, look. I'm not going to lie, and this is a little bit of how the sausage is made, and I had to write uh, spur of the moment, missed my first segment on my radio sh- on the radio show that I'm on on Sunday because I was having to write and post the Corey Peters is out on Sunday. Wow, that's real time. So I, I missed the first segment, but Saturday night in my room, and nobody said anything. This is just me trying to be prepared best I could. I wrote a short story saying Kyler was going to miss the game Sunday just in case – I woke up Sunday and somebody said the quarterback tested positive and I want to be ready. No, he, he wasn't, he never tested positive. Nobody said, be aware. I'm not trying to throw out some rumor. This is me trying to prepare and think ahead of what would be the biggest story on Sunday morning that could still happen that I would want to be absolutely prepared for. And that was the one, thank God it didn't happen, but it crossed my mind. Darren, that's, that's beyond buttoned up, by the way. I'm, Bobby, I'm more than impressed. I can already <laughs> picture Darren in his room knocking on wood because we all know he believes in, in jinx and, and all that stuff. Well, so I, I don't already, believe in jinx. I just I already, believe in being prepared for it. I, already, I can already picture you in, in your hotel room just knocking well, on wood. Well, let's, let's, again, let's, let's not get into Darren in his hotel room. This, well, this, is, this is something I mean, we don't need to go Cam into. Cam Turner spoke it into existence, apparently, on that Friday. So, See? you know, Darren, if, if he would have gotten COVID, Kyler now, we would have yeah. blamed you just to let you know. So, um, you know, it's uh, not funny how you shared that story after Kyler tested negative. So uh, there's no blame whatsoever. Well, I mean. But seriously, um, that really must have weighed on your mind if you actually sat down and, and hammered that out on your laptop. That's uh, Well, I mean, again, that's a big enough story that you would want that up as soon as humanly possible. And right. you don't know how this is going to come down. I didn't know if a, t- if a player tested positive Sunday, if it was going to be something that I was going to get a little bit of a heads up on, which fortunately I was. It was only about five, ten minutes. But I, I, I'm good enough at what I do, pat myself on the back, that I can get something ready in that short amount of time. But it was possible that I would have found out with the rest of the world when something happened. And if it was something like Kyler, I wanted to have a story predicted. It's a little bit like... 
and this sounds a little gruesome, but this is life in, oh, in, in writing. Oh, boy. It's, it's a little bit like having the, having the obituary written ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You know, all these famous people out there in the world, uh, once they start getting a little bit older, all the newspapers and all, these, all the big media outlets already have obituaries written. Probably not for you, Paul. But like, oh, that's I'm a good note. Saying, I got that going for me. Uh, but there are there are obituaries written for a lot of people long before they pass away, just in case they do that you're ready to go. <laughs> Although you still missed the first segment of the radio show, Darren. So maybe you shouldn't I pat did. yourself on the back with both hands. You no, know? no, we'll I, talk about that later. I, you missed. I'm deadline. giving big props to uh, Jim Omohundro as well <laughs> because I thought he was going to freak out a little bit more when I told him than he did. So thank I'm, you, Jim. I'm curious to know. Do you guys does that go to your, go through your guys' head? Like as soon as Cliff Kingsbury tests is positive, positive, and Cam Turner tests positive, <laughs> do you guys start thinking about, oh boy, Kyler, maybe, maybe? Yeah, Kyler it, it did go through my head. I at first, when you just said, "Do you guys ever think about it?" I thought you were gonna say about us dying, which but but yeah, I, I when when the head coach and the quarterbacks coach test positive Friday night. Absolutely, the first thing I thought of is like, "Oh crap, Kyler could very well have hey, this." Hey, Vance Joseph said it to the media. He was shocked it wasn't worse. Yeah. There weren't more COVID positives. Think of all the time these guys yeah. are spending together behind the scenes in close quarters. They're all vaccinated, but obviously these are all breakthrough cases. So, I mean, how did you feel, Paul, climbing on that charter flight Saturday? You know, you're I, not a big germ guy, so yeah. normally I'd feel okay. Now, when my seat assignment was that much closer to Ron Wolfley, normally on the way out, there's a seat <laughs> between us, but because I had to sit next to Wolf and the seat on the aisle then was taken and so forth, uh, yeah, I got a little nervous at that point, and I thought, um, you know, maybe I go up and ask for a different seat assignment, but at that point, I didn't want to be, uh, you know, more of a problem than, uh, you know, at that point, they just asked me to leave the charter if I come up with any sort of uh, well, you could have gone know, in the back. There's needs. all those extra. <laughs> That's right. Seats. Any sort of. High maintenance, you know. <laughs> um, by the way, in these power rankings, it does depend on which power ranking you're looking at. Yep. NFL.com, Cardinals are back in the number one spot. And it reads, here's a short clip from their summary, and I quote, Cardinals are 6-0 and for the first time since 1974, have shown they can beat their opponents in numerous ways. None of this feels like a fluke, end quote. I think we're all – anybody who has watched every snap of Arizona Cardinals football 2021 like we all have – you have to agree with that. Yes, the Cardinals can beat opponents in different ways. You can't come in and take away Kyler's legs or take away D-Hop with double and triple coverage and beat this team like a year ago. You can't do it. And then number two, none of this feels like a fluke. Hello, they have four road wins among their six wins, three of them against marquee teams with Super Bowl aspirations, and they've been dominant. They easily could have been worse than 12-plus point wins, all of them were, if not worse, on the road. I 100% agree with that. I mean, the, the, the body of work, how it's turned out. You know, unfortunately, we are only uh, – we're less than a year uh, removed from the Steelers being 11-0 and and falling apart. And I don't know if this has anything to do with anything. But, I mean, that team was, was built uh, – and had no running game which is not true of, this, of the Cardinals. And it had a quarterback who was older and had a chance to break down. And, uh, you know, if Kyler gets hurt, he gets hurt. But that's, like, true with any team. Ask the Seahawks right now how the season changes when your quarterback gets hurt. But, I mean, Kyler's, Kyler's not going to break down because he's old. And I agree with that. I think there are two reasons why there are still non-believers and the power pole haters. Number one – it's of the Cardinals doing. It's the reality of what happened last year. Yeah, that's fair. 
They started 6-3, and three, yeah. and then they flamed out. So, you know what? People have been burned. Maybe there were believers in bandwagon jumpers a year ago, and then, boom, that hand got a little too close to the flame, and this year they're putting on the oven mitt, and they're <laughs> staying away because they got burned a year ago. Agreed? Of course. But, see, I always go back to week one and I think week four and then yes, last week's or Sunday's win because you saw the Titans beat the Bills. If there's a team that was in front of the Cardinals and most – power rankings it was the bills yeah. so the titans beat the bills you go on the road you dominate the titans then you beat the rams and you see you know how they've fared since that loss you see how the bucks have been playing and the rams beat the bucks and i, I just don't get why people are so reluctant to just giving them credit i mean th- there's that saying give credit where to do it i i truly don't understand it because even last year if you want to make that case if you want to put on put on the oven mitt i mean <laughs> The Cardinals didn't start six and zero last year. I mean, they started what four and two, or they started two and two, and even then, people weren't necessarily talking about them. So, I get the. It's true. I, it I, I it was a roller coaster ride last year. Yes. They didn't go straight up out of the gates. And just, I just don't get why people don't look at the numbers. They don't look at the games. I know a lot of these ex players that are now analysts go back and watch film, like. I just, I truly don't it, get it because they've been so dominant. You already mentioned that you can't necessarily. You know, just take away DeAndre Hopkins and you're going to beat the Arizona Cardinals. You can't take away the 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 Kyler Murray's legs and you're going to beat the Cardinals. There's so many ways that they've been winning. And there's so many analysts at the national level that were ex-players. And I just, I'm trying to see what they don't see. Okay, I'll try and answer that. Do you do March Madness, Felipe? Yes, do you? I do. Okay. Uh, Darren, this is for you as well because um, you're a big basketball guy. I have Dar- it's amazing. Darren just put down his phone because I mentioned basketball. He's he's <laughs> no he's now got I've now got a hundred percent undivided attention. It's sort gotta, of like my fourteen year old at home. I promise you, when I pick up my phone, yeah. I'm typing in yeah. our subject so yeah. I can write up our little description okay. of the okay. podcast. Right. It's over. So um, here's my theory: the Cardinals right now are sort of like that mid-major when it comes to selection Sunday during March Madness. They're going to get a high seed. There are a lot of people. Nobody wants to play them. But when it comes to discussion on the big network TV shows, it all revolves around Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, the Blue Bloods, right? The Provens, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champions who are in the NFC with Tom Brady, the GOAT, the Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers of the world who right around the corner will get to them. You know, and then there's the big market teams. The L.A. Rams and Sean McVay and his Energizer Bunny commercial. Oh, no, it's the soup commercials, whatever it is. It's the same. It's sort of like Energizer Bunny meets soup commercial. And and you have the Dallas Cowboys, who are this big black hole of media attention. They just suck all this media attention away from the Cardinals. So it's those four teams that I think combined not only are creating this vacuum of media attention away from the Arizona Cardinals, but they have a, some proven – blue blood winners like the Dukes, North Carolinas, and Kentuckys that people are more apt to get on board with once they fill out their bracket sheets over here, right? I I thought, though, that uh, you'd have a little uh, Kyler Steph Curry bounce from from the quarterback in terms of how people would want to talk about him. I, I thought some of that would change a little bit with Kyler Murray. You got you got some star power on this team with J.J. Watt and Hop and Kyler and um, but if people I, are going to put their harder money down on Davidson, yeah, mm. yeah, that's fair. Look, I, I honestly, I don't really care, and in some ways, it it's it's funny. My kids, my kids have always cared about that stuff. 
they hate it when they turn on national stuff and the teams that they follow, which are, are the local teams, are playing well and don't get a lot of run. They can't stand that. Um, I, I, I just don't care. And in some ways, the way this team is built, it, it's probably to their advantage because the less media attention they get, the the more ornery they probably think about it and two less media attention means less media attention you can say you're not paying attention to this if you're a player but if everybody starts patting you on the back and saying oh you're absolutely the best team in the league then how do you not start thinking that at least a little bit and let's face it guys they're they're not getting as much attention as as if the Buccaneers were undefeated, perhaps, or the Cowboys were undefeated, perhaps, but it's not like they're getting no attention. And they're going to be, you know, barring something crazy, they're going to be 7-0 and going into a nationally televised Thursday night game against a one- or two-loss Packers team, probably a one-loss team. They're going to get plenty of attention next week after this Texans game, assuming they win this game. I'm going to read the summary from the SI Power Rankings. Darren, tell your kids not to go to the SI Power <laughs> yeah, the SI Power Rankings are a little bit – Cardinals are number seven. Did I see that right? They're number seven. That's Behind a, all the teams I just mentioned, I plus the Bills and yeah. – Anyway, here's the, here's the write-up. Tell me when they're wrong. I'm going to quote it. You have to feel great about the defense, talking about the Cardinals, as well as the individual play of Kyla Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. What's worrisome, they write in SI, is an offensive system – that requires the quarterback to maintain an MVP level over 17 games. Okay, I'll stop it right there. <laughs> we didn't see Kyler played an MVP level against the 49ers. No. And they found a way to win. Those numerous ways to win that we cited earlier. Okay. We well, can, and can right? I back up real quick? Sure. Give me an offense that isn't requiring their quarterback to play at a high level. <laughs> if, if Tom Brady doesn't play at an yeah. MVP level, are the Buccaneers any good? No. If Aaron Rodgers right. doesn't play at an MVP level, are the Packers going to the Super Bowl? I almost said a really bad <laughs> word there. No. <laughs> what did we say last week about the Seahawks? Russell Wilson is hurt. Get him off Sunday night football. What the hell Get are we them talking off about Sunday here? night football. Okay. So, okay. I didn't mean to interrupt, but uh, I, had almost, a, yeah, I had a chance. It's common right? sense, right? Okay, so Felipe, here's how they continue. Quote, they've been great. So, see, there's always this sort of kind of backhanded compliment. And then here comes the reality check, at least from SI. But they've also been fortunate along the way. The Cardinals are converting a lot of third and very longs while also stopping opponents on fourth downs at an unsustainable rate. 10 of 14 so far, they've stopped. And in the last two games, they stopped them seven out of nine combined when the opponent keeps going for it on fourth down they cite that the league average usually hovers around 50 percent did Kyle Ortegaard write this by the way because there's a lot of these uh coming back to the means and coming some of back these, to, you know yeah. and so they say the Cardinals are such an outlier in some of these categories so far that they're inevitably going to regress to the mean well I, I will say this when I read the, those parts and I the fourth down the numbers say they aren't going to continue to stop fourth downs at that rate so I am kind of interested to see where that goes. But for fourth downs, a lot of times, it only takes one or two stops to really change a game. So even if they come back a little bit, we'll see. The, the third and longs, they have converted a lot of third and longs. Uh, but although I will say some of those third and longs are converting are in the red zone where they were going to get three points anyways, and they just happen to be converting to touchdowns. But is that partially because your quarterback's so good? I think that's part yes. of it. Yes. I will say this, too, and I don't know if it was mentioned, the fumbles are kind of crazy right now. The, the, the Fumbles. That's their next line, okay. and here's the number. 
it says the Arizona Cardinals have recovered 18 of 23 fumbles. Yeah, that's the that's expected not... fumble recovery rate for any team is 50. percent Yeah. However, a lot of those fumbles, at least in this last game in particular, were, were dropped snaps. Yeah. So it's right there in his lap to pick up. And that's true. But but you get you if we, every time you put the ball on the ground, there's that chance. That is kind of a, a nutball number because f- fumbles are always crazy. It's like anytime you evaluate a defense at the end of the year yeah. and they have a lot of fumble recoveries from the other team, you 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 can only give them so much credit. You can give them credit for causing the fumbles, but for recovering them, it's so yeah. much dumb luck. Kyler is not Daniel Jones. No. Daniel Jones is you no. know fumbling these things away because he's getting strip sacked from behind and he has no football awareness. Yeah. I mean, he, he's got a chronic problem. But wouldn't you guys say that the reasons that they lay out are the reasons why they should be at number one? I mean, they mentioned Colin Murray's play, which he's been playing at an MVP level, right? Yep. He, they mentioned uh, this defense, which, again, credit to Vance Joseph, J.J. Watt, and that entire secondary that, you know, heading into the season had a lot of questions. You mentioned all these conversions on third down, like, Aren't those all reasons why you should be number one? I mean, that's it's. Have you guys ever seen yeah. the movie Minority Report mm, with Tom Cruise? Probably. My sleep deprivation years probably wiped it out of my memory probably. bank. Please. Okay, so quick synopsis: Minority Report. Uh, in the future, they they have this system with these empaths where they can basically arrest people they know are going to commit a crime. That's right. Okay, yes. you know this one? They anticipate they, the crime ahead they, the, of time. The crime has not ha- yet happened, yes. so it brings in that that ethical thing. Can you right. arrest somebody when they haven't even done anything, even though you know they're going to do it? I feel like Sports Illustrated is minority reporting the Cardinals. <laughs> they're good. saying all these things are going to revert to the mean, so we're going to rank them lower now because we know this is going to happen. Well, that's hooey. I mean, come <laughs> on. You can't do that. Look, when, Bill Parcells, you are what your records right. say you are. You're absolutely right. When, when Kyler converts to DeAndre Hopkins on third and 19, as he did in that game, not only was that impressive, he did it through a fierce, biting wind that was swirling on that field. I, the, the expertise and the acumen of Kyler Murray. I, I want to run into Kyler and ask him, how the heck do, were you so accurate in that wind? It was unbelievable. I talked to Matt Prater. He said on the first field goal attempt, he literally aimed at the right upright, knowing it was going to just go sheer left, and it did. Halfway up, it just took off hard left and went through. It's like a video game. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's crazy the ability and the experience and the acumen to execute some of this stuff, and they're not getting full credit from it, obviously, from SI. They go on to speaking of kicking. They say they're the only team in football to have opposing kickers miss three attempts inside 50 yards. Man, this guy did his homework to try and find stuff wrong with the Cardinals. One of two teams to have opposing kickers miss four PATs. I, I, I will say this about the guy. If you read the intro to the whole thing, yeah, he, he has a line in there that says basically you shouldn't pay attention to this. So, <laughs> so anyway. So I'm just give him, we'll give him that. I, I read this in the intrigue to me is trying to get a reality check. You know, are, are we smelling ourselves, uh, in the words of DJ Humphreys, a year ago and what happened? So I'm, I'm trying to say, okay, what we're looking at, is this real? Is is this indeed sustainable? I mean, my eyes and, and, and it says yes, just watching these things and then watching the mentality on the sideline. When you see J.J. Watt, he was doing that the entire game. That NFL Films clip, he was stalking the sideline before the game. And I mentioned it to the booth, and I said it in my first report before kickoff. The man was, like, seething. 
he he was legitimately worked up. Like I've never seen him going up and down the sideline. And then Kyler said it after the game when he said, you know what? In fact, here's the quote right here. He said, I think we were even more excited talking about the circumstances because the odds seem stacked against us. This team seems to have that personality trait where if there's a challenge, they welcome it. They feed off it. And I feel like that's why they've been so successful. I mean, going into that Rams game, a lot of people obviously picked the Rams. Going in, even to that Tennessee game, a lot of people were picking the Titans, and I feel like they feed off of that. But even going back to the whole point of why people are so reluctant to even, you know, put them number one based off last year. Last year, they don't win this game. I mean, last year, if you're without Kingsbury, without uh, your position coach, or you're without Chandler Jones, you're not going to win this game on the road. A lot of the games that they won this season, you, they're not going to win those games last year. So I, I just feel like a lot of a lot of these reporters, analysts, or whoever's analyzing the Cardinals are kind of contradicting themselves because they always bring back last year. But then you fail to look at this year. And a lot of the games that they've won this year, let's see, the Rams, they don't win that game last year. Tennessee, they probably don't even win that game last year. Of course, against the Browns, they're not going to win that last year. So if you're going to always bring back this whole – Oh, we want to be careful because we remember what happened in 2020, but then you're not necessarily paying attention to the ways that they're winning. I mean, they didn't they didn't just win by a field goal or by a touchdown. I mean, they went on the road and they dominated. So, uh, well, I'm stressed. Exasperated over you, there. You just went minority report on this SI writer because here's how he wraps up. You just hinted at it. He says his <laughs> last his last stat that he cites is that the Cardinals are top 10 in offensive and defensive red zone efficiency. Typically a volatile stat unless you have a Derrick Henry on your roster. Uh, you do. His name is Kyler Murray. He's a unicorn just like Derrick Henry. In many ways, he continues, it smells a bit like the 2020 edition, albeit with a better defense. Now those are fighting words right there if wow. you're going to reference 2020. And by the way, why is it the Bills get credit for being – one of two teams to have a top five scoring offense and top five scoring defense. The other team, the Arizona Cardinals. No one's a believer, apparently, in the sustainability of that, but everyone's on board with the Bills. Now, of course, the Bills made a deep run in the playoffs and they have playoff victories. Well, I get it. And, and the other thing, you brought up March Madness earlier. That's, I mean, the great thing about the NCAA basketball tournament is we can talk all day about who's what. If you're left standing at the end, you get to say you're champion. And that's the same thing that's going to happen here. And it, it won't take away from this team if they don't win the Super Bowl, uh, but they have a really good season and win a playoff game or two. But if they really want to shut everybody up, then they got to go win this stuff. And look, they're going to play the Rams again. Uh, they got this Packers game we're talking about. They have to go to Dallas at some point. They still have two games against Seattle, which is going to be tough no matter what. And then Russell Wilson might be back for both of those games. So, uh, you know, there's going to be other tests. I've said it before, and I don't think I'm doing anything, any disservice. They're, they're not going 17-0. and 0. I don't even think I, I don't even think it's a good thing to go 17-0 and 0 to, to really boost the – the pressure on them to be honest but see so. the thing that annoys me is obviously they're going to lose some games at some point in the season i mean unless for whatever reason they go undefeated but yeah. just don't lose to the packers because we don't want to go to green bay and lambeau in january for no, a playoff game not. do not lose that tiebreaker i'm sorry i just and, i had to blurt that but out i mean i feel like as soon as they lose one of those close games if that happens 
you just know they're going to write about but, the but, Cardinals. But why? But here, I guess ultimately this is this is my more mellow, older age that I've found, Paul <laughs> and Felipe. So you are leaning back in your chair. Why? In the old days, you'd be standing right now. And I tell my kids this when they get upset. Like I said earlier, they get upset when they don't get Why do you give a crap? I mean, what does it matter? You know, I'll, I'll, I know that the players say that stuff, and I, I just I can't get that worked up about it because you, on a weekly basis you get to show something. Well, we we already saw it. They stayed undefeated. They were the talk of the town, the town being the NFL nation, uh, <laughs> using a cliche. Uh, they were the talk of the town after they beat up the Rams. Okay, a week later they still beat the 49ers. wasn't sexy. And then all of a sudden, it was like they fell off the face of the earth. Like, I'm like, that was what really kind of blew me away. I'm like, wait, just a week ago, they beat the Rams really badly, and they had one game where, okay, they didn't, like, make it super pretty, and it was like everything you did against the Rams is totally gone already. And I I guess I don't understand that. But again, when I say I don't understand it, that's pretty much as far as I go. I don't – I'm going to talk about it on the podcast because it's good fodder to talk about. But really – when I saw that this morning about sports edition, I'm like, eh. Yeah. You know, pa, just... we, we give a, a crap, like Darren said, because, hey, we want the clout, man. We're clout chasing. <laughs> That's what we're doing here. You know, if the team wins and social media's popping, we get all the clout, all the attention, you know, you kind of want I guess that. I see that. Well, was everybody taking notes about the last, uh, you know, 72 hours leading up to that game and the game itself? Because you know that's going to be a Cardinals folktales at some point. Ken where Summers can't... already brought it up. Oh, did he? He texted me the very next morning. And he says, I can't wait till Cardinals <laughs> Broadcasting does the folktales episode on yeah. the last, the, the weekend or the week that was before the Browns. And game. it's all the little tidbits. It's little stuff like we found out during the Spencer Whipple presser early this week. When he mentioned stuff like um, he had to figure out how to work the call button. He said, before I could call the plays, I had to figure out how to work the call button uh, on the contraption on Details. his belt, right? Little things like that. Like they're on, he's on the early, early bus to the game, and it's raining at this point. And by the way, they did not have the tarp on the field when it was raining and sleeting and hailing. And I, I really feared for the worst on that field. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be in terms of the traction and the way that, that field held. Well, I did, I did see you running some gassers out there to test it out. So. I was about to say, did you test run? Did you run a 50 or something? I, I, no, but I wore my old shoes because I knew uh, what was happening. I brought all, go. Literally, I got home. My wife was like, why are you wearing those shoes? I go, because it was a mess on the field. There that's why. Okay? See, that, take, that's a veteran yes, right there. It take, took me 17 years to stop ruining <laughs> shoes. Now I just wear the old ones. Okay. Uh, and then he said on the bus to the game, <laughs> they were so amped up and so worked up, and they got their play sheet, right? And, and it's not laminated. Yeah. And it's raining out. Just little funny tidbits yeah. like that. It was entertaining to hear from Spencer Whipple because, come on now, he can play it as cool and as calm as he wants. And that was Justin Pugh's scouting report that he is a cool, calm, collected guy. Unflappable is the word Justin Pugh used, and they try and mess with him and harass him when he does address the team during the red zone meetings because he's a young guy. But, uh, you know, come on, you, you can't. And he did admit after the game he was still so amped up. He's after the game. He'd given back all the equipment, and he's still reaching for his belt and the and, and the call button. He still he was like involuntarily reaching. That's, that's muscle memory. It's it's like when you 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 keep thinking your phone is buzzing in your pocket and it <laughs> right. isn't really. It's like yeah. But so. that's I, look I I you know I I've gotten to know Spencer a little bit since he came up uh, because I talked to him very early in when he was on the staff because he was coaching at UMass when Andy Isabella was there. So I had talked to him, gotten to know him a little bit, and he's a great guy. And uh, I think it's very smart. And obviously his father is a football coach, and it's something that he wants to do. And uh, I was like everybody else. I was a little surprised that 
he was the one that ended up doing it. But all when it when it really comes down to it, and I would like to hear Cliff's thought process when he comes back. But whether Cliff's going to give us his thought process is another <laughs> story. But um, but it was interesting. It, it does make some sense that he's that guy, and you leave everybody. It reminded me a little bit with him play calling of like an offensive line kind of situation where, okay, we can your your left tackles out. We could move the right tackle, the left tackle, and the right guard to right tackle and put in a new right guard, or we could just stick in a new left tackle and leave everybody else the same and have less. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what it felt like. We're going to leave Sean Cooler as the run game coordinator. We're going to let Jeff Rogers stay as the assistant head coach and make some of the high-level decisions. Vance is going to do the defense. And we're going to move Spencer Whipple, who's one of three receivers coaches they essentially have because Jerry Sullivan is an offensive assistant coaches receivers along with Sean Jefferson. We can put him as the play caller and everybody else is still in more or less their regular roles. And we know he can do it anyways. He did it for one game in college and I trust him. And yet everybody else is in the regular things and maybe that works out. I don't know if that's what Cliff's thought process was, but it made me think of it a little bit that way. You thought of it pretty deeply too. You just went into well, like, that was like a five minute soliloquy. Well, I, I apologize for that. I, I did talk to someone who said that Spencer Whipple is very sharp, very sharp coach, and that Cliff has been aware of his football acumen for a while and that he trusted him, that I guess he's put him in a few other situations and tested him here and there, and Spencer Whipple has come through with flying colors. That's the way it was told to me. And so for those truly on the inside, of which I'm not, but they were not shocked. They were not surprised, even though – like he said, the only other time he had called a game was a single game in 2018 at UMass against South Florida or UCF, something like that. So um, that's the way it was explained to it's me. It's almost the same. Uh, and then look, if if Sean McVay was hired when he was 30, if Cliff Kingsbury was a head coach when he was 34, right? I, I really? mean, if you can do it, right? Wasn't he a head coach his first year at Texas Tech? He was 34, uh, 35. You, if you, you do the math, here. no, if you do the math, yeah, yeah. Cliff Kingsbury was a head coach at Texas Tech at 34. Mm-hmm. Spencer Whipple's 32. Right. So, I mean, it guys have been there and done that who have the ability and Cliff Kingsbury was one of them. And so once you recognize that in someone, okay, like Cliff told him, just let it loose, let it rip. And isn't that what Spencer Whipple said? His dad told him his dad is the OC at Pitt. Yeah. Told him, don't overthink it. You know, it's sort of that scene from, as long as we're dropping movies, it's like the Whoa. scene from Happy Gilmore, the Kevin <laughs> Nealon character. Feel the flow, Happy. It's circular. Harvest the energy, block out the bat. You know, feel <laughs> the flow, Happy, right? That's what you do if you're Spencer Whipple. I feel and he, like you've seen that movie more than once, Paul. And, and he's, I love that scene. And like Spencer Whipple said that he was sitting there, he was sitting there, and there were a couple of times where he did start to overthink it. And there was some time in TV timeouts. He said, no, 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 let's just get back into a rhythm. Just keep it simple here. And then, boom. And then, and then I'd love to know, and this is the other question you need to ask, if you do get an insight with Cliff Kingsbury, somebody needs to ask him, how many times did Kyler call his own play, check out of the play? How much more often did he in a normal game versus that Browns game? Because Kyler did joke afterwards, oh, yeah, we had a substitute teacher. I had a little bit more leeway out there. Wasn't that the word he used, leeway? He used leeway. <laughs> yeah. it did, I, and that is a good question. I, it reminds me a little bit when I asked Jeff Rogers about uh, when the decision was made to make Spencer the, the play caller, whether that was the, a plan all along in case something happened or if that was just – and he basically – Jeff basically said he wasn't privy to any of those conversations and – 
basically that's a cliff only decision anyways. And he goes at the very end, he goes, I don't take anything the head coach says as just a suggestion. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's well done. So maybe that's where Kyler is on yeah. most of those plays. And it's yeah. a little different when Spencer yeah. Whipples is doing it. Would you guys compare it to like, I don't know if when your guys' parents went out of town, when you guys maybe were in elementary, middle school, but then you like threw a party or something in high school or in college, you know, you know the parents are going to be out of town. You're so going to you be disappointed, it. Felipe, but that, I wasn't that guy. I would have. I didn't even trust my own friends, okay, more or less anybody else who showed up at Casa Calvisi. Anyway, go ahead. Here's the problem, Felipe. Darren, you, never went against, you never went against the grain growing up? like. I, oh, sure. Very rarely. Sure, but usually it involved a vehicle. didn't involve the homestead. So, we so won't get into that. Here's, and and it, my auto insurance rates. Here's the, here's the problem, Felipe. Your, your dad is like a, a famous personality. Like, you're putting this out there. There are people that are going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> they can find your dad real easy and say, just, do you realize what your son did? I just want people to know that, you know, my dad is human. He does have a son that was a bit rebellious growing up. So wow. you know, that's what I felt okay. that, like Kyler Murray was. You know, he knew the Papa Bear wasn't going to be in town. So he invited, <laughs> he invited all the homies and he just, you know, called an audible or something. D-Hop and Christian. Come get your touchdowns, hey, baby. Exactly. AJ AJ Green's that older alumni that still came around, <laughs> but like, people didn't necessarily want him around, but they're going to, you know, he still had the time of time of his life or something like well, that. Sure, because he right? wanted the clout, right? The clout. He wanted to host the party. He wanted the clout. My, there you go. My, I, got, I got a golf clap. There you That's go. good. My I got a golf clap. See, out you of just the, said the guy hanging go. around, and now I'm thinking of Matthew McConaughey. And, uh, <laughs> well, what movie was that? I'm drawing a blank on it. Oh, oh man. You know the one where he, he's uh, the um, guy out of high school and he's coming back to the high school <laughs> yeah so yet oh another movie okay. reference i just yeah. can't think of the name of the yeah movie. uh so yeah <laughs> if Holmes was listening he would have texted me by now but yeah. he, he's not so. by the way d hop and jj watt houston texans Oof. okay what's gonna happen what, what tick tock what's trending here all right here's my prediction DeAndre Hopkins gets his first 100-yard game of the season. I think they are going to make an absolute concerted effort. I think Kyler is going to make a concerted effort. DeHop hasn't had one of those games. Here's the team that we can do it against. You know he badly wants to do it. I think he has his first 100-yard game. J.J. Watt, I think he's in that situation where, you know, the ex already left, you know, you guys left on good terms. You don't want any drama or anything like that. He's going to have another – J.J. Watt game like he's had in the past two weeks, and, you know, that's all in the past, you know. Well, they did do him a solid, right? They made him yeah. a free agent. Yep. Yeah, they did. I they mean, did do him a solid. At the very end, they did. There can't be a lot, although you know that there's got to be a part of J.J. that wants to show, because he knows all the Houston fans are going to be watching you want to show out. Right. But I do think J.J. would look at this game differently than DeAndre Hopkins is going to. I mean, it's too bad Bill O'Brien won't be there on Sunday because they still need to give him the hardware for the Arizona Cardinals 2020 MVP. <laughs> What's well, Bill O'Brien in, in making the trade with the Arizona Cardinals, so they need to give, still give him the hardware uh, on that one. I will say this, Laramie Tunsil is out. So, J.J. Watt, hello, go put him over the backup left tackle. Uh, move him around that line and uh, just let him eat. Well, if, if Tyrod Taylor is able to come back, it's one thing, but if they're still playing Davis Mills – yeah, and uh, and by the way, J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones are now tied, career sacks, yes. 102 apiece. So, like we said in game one, Chandler Jones is very aware yeah. of J.J. Watt's career total and sacks. Let's just leave it at that. 
And as soon as he got one ahead of J.J. Watt on the opening game of the season, it took him four quarters. That's all it took him to get those five sacks and get the lead on J.J. Watt. Uh, I have also have a prediction that if Chandler Jones is back, he will get a sack because he sees the standings again and he's got to break that tie. That's a great question, too. I mean, if, if Chandler was out uh, Tuesday, so what does that make 10 days? Is that that's Friday, Thursday or Friday? So if he – has to miss practice I mean, and yep. and misses a week is that uh, it's it's going to be incredibly to watch. Do they play them? Do they play him even let, let, like let's say he comes back on Friday? Do you still play him on Sunday given that he's been out for uh, the only the only way I would think he, you wouldn't is if and we don't know how COVID affected him, but if if he got hit hard with COVID and he just doesn't have the stamina, you might want to be careful. I think he's active if he's able to come back, but I. I don't know that for a fact. This whole thing, guys, is going to be interesting to watch of who's able to come back, who isn't, whether it's Cam Turner or Cliff Kingsbury or Corey Peters or Zach Allen. I mean, there's a there's still an excellent chance everybody but Chandler will not be able to return. And then Rashard Lawrence left injured. Yes. So the team just signed Josh Morrow. To the practice squad for now. Uh, yeah. but How telling is that? He's probably going to be – He uh, played a few games last year. Yeah. And, you know, and, I mean, which leads us back to – the criticism, at least most of the analysts out there, what they cite is how real is the Cardinals' defense? Can you believe in this defense? And I'll just throw this out there. We mentioned how they're a top-five scoring defense. What if, and I know, here we go, what if the Rams don't punch in that garbage touchdown with about a minute to go? What if there isn't a Hail Mayfield, Hail Mary at the end of the first half? Right? What if there isn't a pick six that's not on the defense but still counts against their stats in the Vikings game, Nick Vigil? What if there isn't the kick six by Jacksonville? Wow. So you have four scores, and 20 years ago, four <laughs> scores right there that if you took those away, and it's plausible, it's feasible, that think of where the Cardinals would be as a scoring defense right now. They're still, that's a great point. They're still top five. That's a great point. And actually, I remember all of those plays, obviously, but I kind of forgotten them in a group until you start ticking them I just, off. Because we advanced Joseph um, on this week's edition of Game Plan, the Cliff Kingsbury TV show. And by the way, we could have had Cliff Kingsbury via Zoom, like we did all of last year, mm-hmm. but the head coach said, you know what, no, Vance Joseph. I want him to do this show, which was, which was great. I thought it was very telling of Cliff Kingsbury. So there's Vance Joseph, and we had great conversations, and he admitted like on the hill. First of all, have you ever seen – Vance Joseph really worked up, and I see him on the sideline all game. And yeah, he'll get fired up, but he never he never fails to manage his emotions. Even on the Hail Mary, he was still composed, but you could tell he was steaming red hot. And coming off, he called it a double no-no. One, you never let Baker Mayfield pop out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. Number two, half the guys were playing like they were going to pull some hook and ladder, so they were in no man's land, sort of midfield. And then by that time, you had three receivers to the Cardinals' two DBs because Buda Baker had fallen down before he got to the end zone. You know, Vance Joseph and Gallows Humor said there were two different Browns receivers who could have caught a Hail Mary touchdown at that point. Well, that That's how disappointed thing. he was all the way around. That, that, that play was just hard to watch. You know, Vance was right when – I understand playing – short in case somebody gets it short but once all the pass catchers run past you you got to hightail it to the end zone you know Buddha gets knocked down at the very end of the play and takes out a defender but you know it's funny there was another Hail Mary and I can't remember if it was an NFL or college one that was basically the same thing it's like what what's going on here why, why how do you even defend it that way 
Um, fortunately, it didn't hurt them. Uh, and that defense was so good every other play. Uh, and you know what else? Vance also took it on himself. He admitted, and he did say this in the press conference afterwards, he didn't think Baker Mayfield could throw it that far. Yeah. Because earlier in the game, Baker had thrown the interception in that same direction. That's where the wind was most fierce, was what? in that direction. His interception fluttered. But, man, he got that up, and there was a next-gen stat. That's the longest in-the-air completion since next-gen stats started in 2016. It was like 66, 68 yards in the air because wow. he was behind the line of scrimmage when he launched it. And, and the thing is, is that's, that's where Vance, I think, got really ticked off about him getting outside the pocket because he can't throw that in the pocket. But if you can get a running start outside the pocket and basically javelin it down the field, I think that helped him. I think he watched uh, that Hail Mary last year from Kyler, and he's like, hey, watch watch what I can do. But if yeah, except a, he was falling backwards. So. <laughs> if there's a stat that really put the cherry on top for me for this defense, it was holding that uh, rushing offense to 73 yards. Yeah. I mean, coming into week six, the Browns, obviously without Nick Chubb, but Kareem Hunt is still uh, – you know, a top tier running back in the NFL, but you hold a offense that a rushing offense come that coming into week six, you're averaging what 187 yards uh, a game, yeah, 187 rush yards a game, and you hold them to 73 yards. That's just a testament to Vance Joseph. One, I think a lot of the credit has to go to Vance Joseph because one, you're out without you're without what Corey Peters, Corey Peters Zach, Zach Allen, Allen, and Challen Jones, and and Lawrence got hurt after what three snaps he played, and then you still hold Kareem Hunt. And that Russian attack to 73 yards. I mean, that's that's what, just incredible. How how crazy is it that for as much as they've been gashed on the ground, and they have been at times, their two best rushing uh, two best games are or against the best rushing team in the league and against the best running back in the league. Look what Henry just did last, last yeah. night. Yeah. Three touchdowns. Oh, he's crushed the hundred yard mark in every game except, except for that the Cardinals. One. And I think the Browns <laughs> the same thing. I think they've crushed uh, the hundred yard yeah. mark in every single game except. The Cardinals. It so helps to get a know. lead. In fact, you know, it took most of Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, but I do believe I have discovered a legitimate complaint. Oh. We started this by saying there's no legit complaints. Yeah, we did. I do have a legitimate complaint, and it goes something like this. For all the people who question the Arizona Cardinals and they cite the defense, does it have staying power, is it for real, couldn't you say the same thing about the other NFC powers? Is Dallas's defense for real? They were historically bad a year ago. They're better this year. They can only be better. You can't get worse than last year. We saw the Rams' defense. Yeah, they have arguably the two best players in the conference. Other than that, uh, yeah, they've been ranked in the bottom third in most categories most of the season, that Rams' defense. Who else in the NFC? The Packers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Packers' defense. The Packers defense. are beat up to all get out. And, I mean, the first three or four games, the Packers' defense was a com- was abysmal. And so are you telling me they've completely turned that around and that's a powerful defense that you have to fear? Now, Todd Bowles has the number one rushing defense in the NFL to the point where teams don't even try. But (laughs) opponents in Tampa Bay, I mean, they have torched that pass defense and they're scrambling to try and find corners in Tampa. So if you're going to question the Arizona Cardinals and say they don't belong in the top one, two, three spots in the NFL power rankings, you're going to cite defense. Look at the rest of the NFC. I think you've made another fine point, Paul. Mike job. But again, doesn't matter. I'm going to go join the position group meeting out in the breezeway. That's what I'm going to do. Did they, they hear me? Did they hear that analysis? Maybe they'll say, Calvisi, you're called up from the practice squad. You're activated. <laughs> Jump into this meeting. We need you to make more football sense like that from among these players around here. Okay. 
I, I know we're getting near the end, so I got to ask this question. You step into a tight ends meeting in the yeah. NFL. With just, just cold. you know, yeah. You step in cold. Out of nowhere, just an example. And they start going over plays. Right. Now, I know that Paul Calvisi was once a superstar on the gridiron. Leland High School. And, and were you, Felipe? I believe you basketball. were, too. I'm oh, a state basketball. champ in okay. basketball. So, what, what school was that? North High School. Okay, nice. Um, so, my question is this. You sit in one of those things. Would you be more uncomfortable trying to figure out deciphering what they're doing in that meeting, or are you more uncomfortable if, I don't know, you sat down into a, a ASU – Algebra 101 class today. <laughs> Someone who went so, a simple algebra class, okay. um, but a NFL high yeah. level playbook kind of thing. I resemble that remark. I can speak from a first person experience. At 30 years of age, I went back to school to get my graduate degree, and nice. I sat in a stats class, a uh, master's stats class, and uh, I, I really had an out of body experience. I was floating over the classroom, over the lecture hall, saying, what have I done with my life? What am I doing in here with all these math figures floating around? I was the guy who was in the library on a Saturday that entire semester would rent the room, would rent the study room in the public library, go in there by myself and try and cram all this into my brain. And it took every ounce of my being to get a B minus in that class. But and, you got a B minus. I got a B minus. There's That's that better than what I would it do. It could be the crowning achievement of my life. So I'm so glad you asked, Darren, because that doesn't come up often enough that I actually passed a master's graduate level stats class. So it's, it's you're going into an algebra class on accident or just in general? Well, I mean, you're going in the algebra class for the same reason you would be going into a tight ends class for the NFL or right. tight ends meeting. Yeah. You're not going in there for any good reason. W work with them, Felipe. Work with them. Mm, I mean, I wouldn't mind going into the tight end meetings. I didn't I say, would you mind? I said, would you feel more lost? I would feel. Listen to the question here. So I have years of, of playing Madden, so I kind of <laughs> when I see plays on the on the what is that a whiteboard or whatever they have that a projector. So when I see plays on there, I feel like through my years of playing Madden, I would know what a let me see a outside zone block would look I, like. Or I, I will <laughs> say this. I will say this. Uh, this is weird, and I I don't play Madden much anymore, but I played it for a number of years when my before my kids showed up, and then when they were younger before my kids showed up yeah well it's been a while but i did learn a lot of football playing madden you do learn plays and you do you do learn lingo that you wouldn't normally it's kind of weird here's the thing though as someone has been down on the sidelines and especially last year when you could hear everything yeah yeah now if you want to get banished from the nfl forever report what you hear when it comes to x's and o's on the sideline okay you you will never work another game I in your life i actually think they might snipe you yeah they might they might have jj watt body slam me on the sideline but when you truly get an unfettered uh listen to what they're saying it is so far beyond madden i'm here to yeah, tell yeah, you I know. it is so complex it is so complicated it's so far beyond high school football or anything like that that when you sit there and they're looking at those overheads and they got the microsoft service tablets going and all that kind of stuff and they're talking and they're talking through checks and what they're going to do in the next series right over your head I just want to put into perspective. You said you were a superstar in high school. <laughs> I did not I, I say that. I believe I said that. Darren said, Darren that. said that in a snark-filled manner. If there's a player on this roster that you would resemble, who would it be? Andy Isabella. 
<laughs> well, that was almost <laughs> too. I mean, that's so easy. Come on, give me something juicy. Th- to be honest, okay, that that'd be in my best day. Um, to be honest, uh, I probably would get mistaken for Matt Prater. Let's be honest. Walking into the hotel, you know, Honestly, I get mistaken though, for Matt I'm Prater. Not gonna, I'm not lying, and I I don't mean this as a diss. Like I could see, I would I would love for Paul to bring in a picture of him from his high school days. <laughs> I bet you he totally. Yeah, like he probably looks like a uh, an '80s version of Andy Isabella. You know what? If you have something to say, there's actually a picture somewhere that uh, my brother found one of our high school football programs when they're cleaning out my parents' place, and uh, actually took a picture of that. I will send that to you. You should. Actually, I will not send it to you. I will show it to yeah, you because it cannot say, end up yeah, online. Yeah, there's no careful. chance I will send it to you. I'm going to amend that. I have a good uh, relationship with the director of digital media here. We can <laughs> make something happen, you know. You yeah. just, just send that over. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. A, I'll do you a solid. I'll trade you. I'll give you that picture. If uh, that guy will give me a retweet. <laughs> All right, what's next? Um, so I'm I'm O for the recent era. That's okay. Anyway, uh, what else do we have on this thing that uh, we were talking about? We, we don't have to get to everything. We, we've been talking for a while. It was a good podcast so far. <laughs> so says the guy who's in the middle of it. Darren, Darren, you've been using both hands to pat yourself on the back uh, exactly. in this edition of Cardinals Underground. I mean, right, Felipe? Exactly. Honestly. <laughs> He's a he's that mean, instigator, man. 6-0, oh, baby. You were going to compliment him, but he beat you to it. He, that's right. That's right. So, you know, it's well, – uh, I'm the only – oh, no, you didn't you, – I, I keep wanting to call you a state champ, but you said Tillman made him a state oh, champ. Yes. <laughs> I told you. The reason you know Pat Tillman is an all-time legend isn't because the last time ASU that's went right. to the Rose Bowl with his Pat or it wasn't the fact that Cardinals won their first playoff game in half a century with Pat during his rookie year. It's because he took his high school yeah, to greatness. Right. Because we were doormats every single year. Believe Darren, me. are you the middle child? Uh, no, I'm someone? most definitely the older child. You're the oldest, oldest child. child. You're the instigator. Or are you the, always? The I'm one? the responsible one, Felipe. Oh, Don't makes, ever forget that's, that. That's right, because you didn't. You never threw like a, a party when your parents went out of town. By the way, got it. Um, where do you think the whole JJ? I'm going to leave with this because I'm going to get him back to the D Hop and then JJ Watt and JJ Watt. The last three games. He's been really good. Yeah, yes. Now, he finally showed up in the box score the last two games, and especially this game against the Browns. But coaches will tell you that once um, – and he wasn't the only guy. Once some of the freelancing went away and trying to make a play and perhaps get out of your gap and that, you know, was a little bit rampant once uh, the coaches instilled in you, you know what, if you stay where you're schemed to stay, you will make enough plays – where you could have an all-pro season. Just trust the system. And I think there were enough guys who felt like, oh, boy, especially after what Chandler did in that opening game, like, I got to get mine. Yeah. And so now once uh, I think they've, they've bought in a little bit more and there's that belief that, okay, yeah, where this is schemed up is going to put me in a position to make a play. And certainly J.J. Watt has done that, and he's made a big difference. But I tell you, based on what I've seen the last three games – and what this game could do as a launching point against Houston, uh, I think he still could be tracking for a Pro Bowl spot. That's how good he's playing, I think, based on what I've seen. I, I think you're you're going to have an advantage there if this team continues to win because we all know Pro Bowl Pro Bowls come from teams that Pro Bowlers come from teams that win. Yep. And if this defense continues to play at a high level, and JJ Watt, people keep talking about some of the ways to measure it beyond sacks, like how he's one of the top three interior defensive linemen in terms of pass rush, that kind of stuff. I do think that that will be considered. Now, I I don't know what else anybody else is doing around the league. And again, we have 11 games to go. 
things happen, people yeah. get hurt, whatever. But I, I like how he's playing. Even if he doesn't make the Pro Bowl, I think it's been a great signing. Just like A.J. Green has been a great signing for what they're supposed to do and what they needed to do, I think they've been really good. I think this uh, he's going to benefit tremendously. Like, I mean, he kind of benefited from having Jordan Phillips on that defensive line and on Sunday. But imagine when that defensive line has a full, healthy squad. I'm talking about having Chandler Jones Fingers back. Fingers crossed that they do at some point. <laughs> Knock on wood. Yeah. I'm the only one that believes in that, apparently. But <laughs> Chandler Jones, you have Jordan Phillips getting more defensive snaps. You're going to get, you know, Zach Allen that – Prior to getting COVID, he had a career game. Yeah, that's right. He was coming off his best game. And then now you add in this, you know, I wouldn't say prime J.J. Watt, but he's finally in rhythm. You know, he finally, he went back to the meeting and he went over the plays. (laughs) (laughs) And he finally, you know. I believe that's trademark, Felipe. You're not allowed to do that. understood his gap assignments and everything like that. You know, it's getting juicy for that defensive line. Zach Allen got blindsided like he blindsides quarterbacks. We had him in the Big Red Rage Thursday night. And then by Friday. Via phone. Via phone. Via phone. (laughs) Or Zoom or whatever. Yeah, you know, I said that it's all via phone. Ever since COVID hit, we've only done one in-person Big Red Rage. Well, but can you imagine if you had done – it in person with him yeah. and then right. test positive the next day. I mean, you would have had to bring in Frank Caliendo to do Wolfley with Pash. He'd have to do four quarters of Wolfley with Pash. You know, the whole Basinonians, right? He'd have to do that whole thing with him the whole time. By the way, I'm going to leave it at this. Um, you're all over the social media, Felipe. You're running the mailbag. Uh, I have a couple of uh, people sniping at me that, once again, looking for legitimate complaints here. There's always that guy that the Cardinals never should have parted ways with Hassan Reddick. Son Reddick having a pretty nice season yes, in Carolina. Is. Pretty, pretty good. Top three in sacks or something? Yep, like six and a half sacks. He's right up there in the top three. 29 tackles, seven tackles for loss, nine quarterback hits, forced fumble, fumble recovery. But can I counter with Marcus Golden, yeah. who now has four sacks, 16 tackles, two tackles for loss, five quarterback hits, pass defense, and three forced fumbles. Uh, it's Marcus Golden and T.J. Watt who are the only players in the NFL with at least four sacks and three forced fumbles. Uh, I'm just wondering, do you have any of those haters in the Hassan Reddick camp in the mailbag? Have you I've, got I've, much of that? I've heard about Hassan Reddick a couple times. It hasn't been lately. Actually, uh, the mailbag that came out this week, I have somebody angry about Calais Campbell again. <laughs> oh, no. It's calling, really? it, calling it the biggest blunder in sports history, which I don't know if I can go that they far. They offered him $12 million a year, but he got $15 million a year for four years. From Jacksonville, it is. What do you think he does with that extra three million? Look, (laughs) pay taxes. Oh, actually, it's Florida, and it's Florida, so there are no taxes, no No state taxes. And he's not in Florida anymore. Now he's in Baltimore. And look, I I understand that that was the thing. The the Reddick stuff, I understand, but you know, it's not like everybody was banging down Hassan's door, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. and uh, they thought he was going to get a big contract. They weren't ready to give him one. By the time. He was willing to take a one-year deal. They had already re-signed Marcus Golden, and they were maxed out at that position, essentially. So, you know, that that kind of stuff, that happens. And I'm happy for Hassan. Who knows? Maybe he hits the free agent market next year and comes back. You never know. It's I true. That. He got a one-year deal for like $8 million or so, correct? And was Marcus eight? Golden got Up two eight. for nine, yeah. if memory serves. So... Uh, but Marcus is having a great year, and I'm happy for Marcus. And the one thing you can never say about that, I mean, the dude had two sacks, and one of them for sure, and it might have been both, was like should have had him once and then kept at it. And that's 
that's what you love to see about that guy that he just the motor just never turns off. And by the way, as Vance Joseph told us on his on filling in for Cliff Kingsbury on the TV show, there's been two, three, maybe four sacks that JJ Watt just didn't finish. He's got to finish. I, I, Vance Joseph said he told JJ Watt that man, I, there was a, you got to yeah. finish. And, and he's obviously big enough to bring down any quarterback. It's just man, a couple of guys have just slipped out of his grasp yeah, at the yeah. at the last moment. So. Uh, I have not been able to find the elusive picture of yours truly in all my high school football fame. Don't worry. Next week on the podcast, um, I'll hold it up to my mic so everybody can see it. You know, who's the character from, uh, oh, my goodness, uh, uh, I threw the ball over the mountain. I could throw this ball. Oh, uh, Uncle Rico? Yeah, so that's my Uncle Rico moment here, Felipe, at, at the very end. Okay, so. We're going to find it, Pa. We're going to yeah. find it. We're going to make it go viral, yeah. and then hopefully you get the reach <laughs> that you've <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll talk to who I gotta talk to. Paul, don't worry. I got you. You guys, let, you guys welcome me on this podcast. So the least I can do is Felipe. You know how we're gonna get you some clout? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out the side door and I'm gonna roll video. And I want you to exit out the side of the studio and sit down in the middle of the tight end position. Forget group that meeting. sign that says "Don't open this yeah. door." Just sit down right in there, right in between. Darrell Daniels and Zach Ertz. I want you to sit down and just maybe have a notepad with you and a pen, okay? And just sit down and see what happens. Yeah. See how long before Steve Hyden, who's all about he's about six five two seventy, yeah. picks you up and throws you through the nearest, I was nearest say, brick wall. You you want to see clout in a different definition <laughs> of clout? Right. That's right. You'll get yeah. I don't I'm gonna I'm gonna get a call from Tim Delaney, uh, <laughs> Matt C, pretty much Matt Harris. Yeah. You know I'm gonna be all over. Yeah. Yeah, you better go prepare accordingly. <laughs> so we'll wrap up this edition of Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals.